Hey Grace, how's it going? Josh, I'm so good. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to I wanted to intro this episode with the fact that like this was this episode with Dr. Ted Achikoso was a very very special episode for me and it's one that I wish you would have been able to be mm -hmm. on as well but yeah. with our scheduling and whatnot this was it was hard to plan but I mean imagine being able to sit in a room or to be able to sit across a, a computer screen to talk with one of the smartest people on, on earth and, uh, and that's Dr. Ted Achikoso so when you're listening to this episode, at least from the listener's perspective, I want you to imagine me, Josh, talking to one of the smartest people I've ever encountered mm. and and how like the bulk of the conversation, we talked for like two hours, but the episode is only about an hour, I think. But I, I just wanted to at least throw that out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as always, I'm gutted I couldn't take part. But I think for listeners who are a bit intrigued as to what lies ahead, can you give us a bit of a flavor as to what they're going to learn, why they should continue listening and, you know, what you got out of this conversation? Because it sounds like it was a wild ride, right? <laughs> well, let's let's put it this way. We're In this episode, we talk a lot about um, we obviously we talk about transcriptions and blue canatine and methylene blue, mm. which we had we've discussed before. But, it, but in this episode, Dr. Ted, since he's the creator of transcriptions and the health optimization networks and things of that nature, um, he breaks it all down. And so I asked some very interesting questions in this episode based on some of the experiences that I've had while utilizing Methylene Blue and the Blue Canatine products. So we talk a lot about that. We talk about um, the fact that he and I both have art crystals on and we talk about... Um, <laughs> you know we, we get very esoteric it's just i just <laughs> yeah. think like i don't want to give too much away but definitely listen and just understand that i think some of the most important things we could not record so we we spoke about off camera or off the record but stay tuned because he's agreed to come back on at some point and i definitely think you know we should get you on as well oh definitely and i mean you know if listeners needed even just one more excuse to listen to this uh if you've seen pictures of josh and his tongue being blue recently listen on and learn more <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly all right well enjoy this episode guys and i i promise you you'll definitely want to take some notes on this one hello everybody and welcome to another wonderful episode of simply walk the talk i am your host josh holland and today i've got this i've got this huge smile on my face because i am beyond honored and privileged to be able to have someone on the show that that I've looked a lot into and I've heard a lot about and as someone that I think is truly, truly impacting the world in ways that maybe you feel but you didn't know that he had uh, some responsibilities in. But anyway, um, I have none other than Dr. Ted Achikoso. Is that, is that, am I saying that right? Yes. Okay. All right. That's perfect. Yeah. So Dr. Ted is, is here. We're on Zoom and he's got this 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 beautiful galaxy uh, background. <laughs> it's, a sa it's the safest place to be out here. Well said. <laughs> well said. Well said. Well, um, yeah, to, like, I think today we're going to go down many rabbit holes. And, and, you know, in fact, I loved the 
email introduction you and I got because, you know, it was I could already tell this is going to be a wonderful episode because it was basically like, look, let's dive deep and deep and deep and we'll just keep going. So if you're listening to this episode right now, you may want to have a seat. Strap on your seatbelt, take some notes, because I think we're going to have a blast talking to Dr. Ted. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see where the illusion ends, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, OK, I I usually try not to go too crazy with the 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 background of the people that I have on the show, except, to, you know, to talk about the relevant things, the reason why we have each other on. And we'll go into all of that. But why don't you just let's let's draw a picture of who you are and your background and feel free to go as deep as you want or as you know surface level as you need to but let's let people know why they should continue listening to me ramble on with you <laughs> yes um i think what is germane to um uh, the people to know is that 11 years ago i started a framework for uh, health optimization it's called health optimization medicine uh, for doctors and health optimization practice for practitioners. So that's abbreviated as HOME and HOPE, right? Because I figured that there will be more HOPE practitioners than there are doctors uh, because the stuff about health is not taught in medical schools. So the, 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 the things that I uh, noticed over a decade ago was that, uh, you know, the tests for uh, the nutrients in your body, your nutrient levels, your mineral levels, vitamins, minerals, cofactors, you know, um, uh, the, your stool can already be tested for, you know, uh, uh, things that you're not digesting and so on. This were not taught to us in medical school. You know, mm. uh, when we were in practice, uh, it was not yet there. So uh, essentially, if you're looking at the body as a car, all we know as doctors really is to change your tire right like giving you a heart transplant or a cool your engine or like giving you um, you know some acetaminophen or something like that uh, i don't use acetaminophen personally uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to fuck up my liver but anyway um exactly <laughs> but um but you know when you go to an illness medicine doctor and i used to be one uh, in fact i i used to joke that you know i used to poke brains for a living because I used to do those procedures that required minimal invasion of your brain. Um, so. <laughs> Very, I mean, that's not just your normal operation or normal, like, you know, course of work. Maybe you could talk, talk a little bit about that. Because one thing that I do remember about part of your background when I heard on uh, another podcast is, I, I believe it was you, you, you graduated at 18 from college, right? Yes. And then yes, you, biology. Biology. And then uh, I think yes. you went on to, like, I think by Medicine. 20, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. 22. Mm -hmm. And then I was already a faculty member um, in uh, uh, neurology, uh, pharmacology, and toxicology, um, and interventional neuroradiology. Uh, so, you know, knowing my poisons, spoken brains, uh, you know, uh, and, yeah. and, and then, um, I, uh, uh, I train, and at, at 28, uh, actually trained in medical informatics under the guy who started the whole field globally of medical informatics. And, uh, there my, uh, research and training was in artificial intelligence using neural networks. Yes. Um, I wrote, um, I wrote the, my claim to fame there was I wrote the first, uh, 
uh, database of uh, connections of the nervous system for a worm, uh, um, oh. which was uh, ahead of its time. Uh, ahead of its time. So now people uh, actually know me as the guy who gave the first connectome. Before, there was no ohm yet, so it was not popular. But now that there's an ohm, like genome, connectome, now it's become popular wow. 25 years later. So, um, uh, and then, wow. uh, so I did, uh, that was my uh, research in artificial intelligence and consciousness. Um, you know, um, trying to see whether or not consciousness could be simulated in computing, and that was my uh, research work. And then um, I consulted for a socially responsible uh, investment firm uh, as their senior science and technology advisor, and they got, asked me, where's medicine going? Because that was my strength, right? So identifying trends. Where's medicine going? I said, well, it's going into health maintenance it's going to go into disease prevention it's going it's going into rejuvenation therapies uh, it's going to anti-aging therapies and uh and uh, age reversal technologies and i was 35 years old then uh so um uh you know 10 years later i went to europe and i trained a few years and got board certified in anti-aging medicine and nutritional medicine so i left yeah, I, I have a what I call a career uh, ADHD disorder, you know. Sounds but like I complete I, I complete all my careers. <laughs> I complete all my careers. Right. Uh, and then after after that, I, I I noticed that medicine was still focused on illness, right? So there has to be someone uh, to lead the fact that. It's a spectrum from health to disease, right? So you go to health promotion and then the cars today are even better because after 3,000 miles ago, time for your health maintenance. You know, before we didn't have anything like that, but now we have the tests to do so. And those tests are new to illness medicine, even if they've existed uh, already for a while. And that's the basis for health optimization because you do have to present an objective measure that what you're doing is actually affecting the health. It's not just a subjective measure, I'm feeling better, but okay, here are the values of your vitamins, minerals, hormones, nutrients, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they are between 21 and 30 years old. So, uh, in fact, it's, it's very funny, when I was training in Europe, they would move the, uh, your hormone levels to when you were 25 years old. Here in the US, they're a little bit more scared, they'll move it to 30 years old. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's the, that's um, uh, in summary the practice, and then now I, I have a uh, nonprofit that teaches this to doctors and health practitioners uh, the the principles and of of health optimization in an a testable and objective way, right? So that if you want to help, I know biohackers usually just like to do this on themselves, like and say, "Hey, do this," you know, right. "this works," and etc. But in order to, for it to get accepted, you know, uh, within the illness medicine uh, frame of mind, you have to borrow a playbook, their playbook, which is diagnose and treat, right? Mm. Me, it's detect and correct. You detect and correct imbalances. They diagnose and treat disease, right? I came from there. So you, you have two different things. One doesn't really treat diseases. I tell people I don't treat diseases well anymore. Right. I just check for the imbalances mm -hmm. in your uh, uh, in your nutrients and hormones, put them to the, when they were between 21 and 30 years old, and then you'll see the changes from there. I make no claims because 
then you will fight with illness medicine people, right? Yeah. You make no claims, but you see the improvements going. I'm sure that, you know, as a, uh, as a fitness expert, etc., sometimes you would like to see what the effects are of your nutritional interventions, right? And that can now be measured, right? Well, yay! Hey! Hey! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that glucose monitor, man. Yeah. Uh, for, for, I, the, I, for the people listening, I just I just showed Dr. Ted my the back of my my arm, and I didn't have to say anything. He knows exactly what that is. I have a continuous glucose monitor on, but I was just showing him that because. To his point, it is important to see how your biology reacts to your environment, which is also one of your your seven pillars. We'll have to get yes. into that. Yeah. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I still prick my fingers three times a week because I'm not just satisfied with glucose. I want to see my ketone levels as well, right? Yeah. Uh, because I, I do practice uh, nutritional ketosis, uh, you know, uh, uh, with uh, intermittent fasting. Um, uh, uh, 16 hours. So, um, anyway, all of this, all of these things like, uh, uh, clinical metabolomics, you know, which is one of the pillars of health organization is the testing process, right? You, uh, those are clinical metabolomics labs, uh, where you can test your vitamins, minerals, uh, toxic elements, you know, uh, the levels of your macronutrients, uh, how they're metabolized and so on. The big joke I have is that the illness medicine doctors hate me because they um, just skated by to pass biochemistry, right? And now you could actually see what the Krebs cycle is doing or the mm. engine that produces energy for you. You know, you could see the values in there. Wow. No, before you would, we would just have, uh, you know, um, the mnemonic that's very popular for the metabolites is, may I keep selling sex for money op- officer, right? It's like, <laughs> it's isocytrate, ketoglutarate, you know, you know, anyone taking biochemistry knows that um, uh, mnemonic. But now you could actually measure those. You could see the values and you could see what cofactors are actually deficient, you know, to drive them forward or what toxins like mercury. I've seen a lot of uh, rise in uh, uh, toxicity with mercury recently, you know, that actually impede the production of energy for you so so you could you could see what's going on and this is presented to you in an objective way there are levels or values that are there and you are if if it's too much you take it away if it's too little then you uh you you put some of it so the questions like that you see in magazines right is vitamin e good for you or is vitamin c good for you well fuck just measure them Right? <laughs> don't, right? Don't don't ask me. Measure them, you know. Right. So that's metabolomics, and then of course the big um, uh, advances in the last five years is in uh, your gut microbiota or your intestinal bacteria. Right? They are involved in like things like depression and anxiety and so on because. The axis, as was taught to us in medical school, was just brain and gut, right? No, it's three, brain, gut, and microbiota. Right. You know? And uh, so that's the, the other pillars. People, for example, know of prebiotics, which is like fiber, high-fiber foods. And I always say fiber is the fastest disappearing macronutrient in the human diet, right? The adults need about 34 grams of fiber daily. Then there's... Um, uh, 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 probiotics, which live um, bacteria or 
the ones that are in spore form, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then there's postbiotic, which is the product of the bacteria, like your butyrate, propionate, right? Uh, those are uh, postbiotics. So, you know, you will see in, in, in an evaluation of your stool exam, for example, levels of these, whether or not you have a leaky gut, you know, that's in interfering or an inflamed gut that's interfering with the absorption of your nutrient. And usually, you know, um, when you're seeing like a huge drop in all of the vitamins and minerals, you know, you could, you could suspect actually already that the person uh, is having a, a leaky gut syndrome. Right. But the big thing, especially during this time of the pandemic, when we're recording this, is that it's the largest immune system of the body. So that's, uh, that's worth mentioning yet again, just in case people didn't hear that. What, what was that again? Yes. The, the gut is the largest immune system of the body. See, uh, it's responsible for teaching the body what is foreign and what isn't. So it's dependent on really many things. One, the food that you eat two, the um, uh, bacteria that you have, three, the current state of your body, right? Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, the bacteria in the intestines and the mitochondria, which are bacteria inside your cells, which produce all of your, your power, right, mm -hmm. are actually communicating. Uh, you know, if, if, uh, and this, these things are new, right? As I said, you know, I'm after things in health that can optimize you. And these are things that are not taught in medical school. So that the gut immune system, if you really want to be resilient in terms of your health, you know, uh, take a look at your, 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 uh, take care of your gut health, right? And that the gut immune system is, is uh, another pillar. Another pillar, as I said, is uh, mitochondria or what's called uh, bioenergetics. Right, and this is the uh, production of uh, of your ATP, which is the um, the uh, uh, essentially the uh, energy uh, producing source for you. Remember, um, mitochondria are all over your body. You have about a hundred quadrillion mitochondria that powers up everything. You know, I wish you could see them in action in your nerve cell. You know, they're actually can. Uh, wherever power is needed, they're there, uh, providing the, the power for that. So it's really important to take care of the mitochondria. Remember that your body is an e ecosystem of cells, or what I call a holobiont, right? They are um, basically different species of bacteria that are, that are working together in harmony. So um, uh, e e even, even um, <clears throat> if you... If you um, ever watch Star Wars, right? There's a referral to the energy source as female and this mitochondria because uh, mitochondria come from your mother, right? Um, ah. Yes. <laughs> mitochondria come from your mother. Um, and so you, uh, you are as, as strong uh, energetically as your mother. Uh, so, I, always, I always heard that it was, that it was the, uh, our grandmothers, but I, whatever. I, it's, it's still the female, right? It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's the, the, the mitochondria and the female egg, right? Because the, in the sperm, the mitochondria is used to propel, you know, the flagellum or the tail. The mitochondria is used to, to power it up. And then what, as soon as it enters the egg, you know, the, the, uh, the egg actually destroys the male mitochondria. So, wow. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, uh, so that's that's uh, uh, the maternal derivation uh, of uh, mitochondria. Um, 
and then uh, there is uh, uh, so that's that's another pillar. Another pillar is what's called exposomics, and it's a big term. If you have a genome for your genes, there is an exposome for your all of it's like your genome for the environment, for all your exposure to the environment. Right, so from the time that you were in utero, for example, if your mother was drinking, that will affect you. Right, right. right. Uh, and then all of your exposures to X-rays when you're going to airports and and so on, uh, your exposure to cosmic rays and so on, those all affect you, and that's exposome. And that's also with the toxins, right? With uh, f fluoride in the water that you drink, or uh, mercury, or tin. You know, uh, you know, in, in in canned goods. So all of these things are are actually part of the of the exosome, and you could see that in uh, when you're testing, all right? So that's uh, uh, exosomic. So it's, it's um, even more uh, complex now because then you have EMF toxicity, right? Yes. It's part of your environment, right. and then there's phototoxicity. You know, uh, the artificial lighting that you use. So and there there is um, um, air toxicity, right? The pollution of the air. So you could see how it's a it's a big subject matter, right? Uh, by it's itself. Huge. It's huge. Yeah, 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 and yeah, and then um, there is uh, chronobiology. Hey, you know who hasn't experienced any sleep problems recently, uh, <laughs> which is very common, <laughs> uh, right? And right. so there are. Um, Infradian rhythms, ultradian rhythms, other than the circadian rhythms, you know, these are the various rhythms that uh, the body has. And, um, you know, what can we do? Because we, you know that when you lack sleep, you also uh, induce inflammation in your body, right? And, yeah. um, you know, different, when you interfere with the different uh, stages of sleep, you know, you can induce memory loss, uh, irritability, um, uh, and so on. So, uh, you know, uh, that's also not taught to us in, in medical school. So there's another pillar. Uh, another one is uh, uh, evolutionary medicine, right? Many of us think that when we are in pain or when we have fever, is it's bad for us. So we take an antipyretic or, you know, we take something to lower the fever down. But there's actually an adaptive mechanism of the body in evolution, right? You know, for example, that a virus cannot sustain high temperatures. So one of the defense mechanisms of the body is to raise your body temperature. Bingo. But then what do we do? We take something that will lower the temperature, right? And therefore, therefore prolonging the process. Unless, for example, for kids that will seizure with very, very high fever, you know, I, I usually do not give. In fact, um, um, I was uh, before I was so strict about this. If I had a, an adult patient that was able to walk to the shower, I would push push him to take a cold shower, um, but not induce any seizure. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the big field and the last one, the seventh pillar, is epigenetics. And this is actually very interesting because there's now such a thing called epigenetic age. So, um, mm -hmm. what this means is that you have your DNA, which are your genes, and above it you have the uh, what's called the epigenome or things that regulate your genes in expression. For example, just because you have a particular cancer gene doesn't mean that you can you will express it, right? There's only a probability of expression. Now, with the right lifestyle, uh, you can actually silence the cancer gene, right? And that's uh, because of epigenetic 
mechanisms or mechanisms that are outside of your gene. And what is interesting is that if you live this healthy lifestyle, etc., even if you have a breast cancer gene, you, you may not get breast cancer, but you can also pass this um, uh, silencing to your children. And that's, that's what is interesting about epigenetics. But more importantly, it, the, big, the big hype, uh, it's not a hype, actually, it's a reality now, is that this uh, what's called an epigenetic age, right? That's so right. It's, like, it's like plaque in your teeth, right? Mm-hmm. So if, um, uh, as you get older, so there's, there's more plaque in your, your teeth. So there are now um, uh, some compounds that are known to uh, diminish the plaque, right, in your teeth. And in fact, a model of aging and also a model of health is that you have these young, uh, young cells, right? And then as you get older, you get all of these chronic diseases like diabetes, you know, um, <clears throat> Park- and, uh, Parkinson's, uh, dementia, and all of that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and then you die. So <clears throat> uh, what they're trying to do now is can we remove that plaque and bring you back to that younger age, right? So now there's what's called uh, an epigenetic clock called a Horvath clock, right? Which will age your body from birth, right? So you can you can take the test now um, uh, from several companies, uh, which determines your your age from birth, right? How, how so is that, how is that spelled, by the way? I'm sorry to cut you off. Horvath. H, yeah, H O R V A T H. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll I'll email you the name of the company. Beautiful, beautiful. Also, sorry, could you, could you, I think this might be, uh, this is actually another <clears throat> segue at some point, but I think the uh, microphone might be getting close to your art crystal. <laughs> uh-huh. or, 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 yeah, or, or something, but yeah, there we go. There. Beautiful, Better? beautiful. Yes, yeah, so sorry to, to derail Fine. you, but um, the Horvath. Yeah, so, yeah the, so Horvath is the one who's, who created these epigenetic clocks. And right now, you could measure your actual DNA age, right, based on how much uh, crud you have in there. And if if you are living life properly, you're taking the proper supplements, you know, you're doing the methylation pathway uh, service and, and so on and so forth, you may be younger than your uh, actual chronological age. So because what you have is a chronological age, right? That will measure your epigenetic age. Right. And and if you're able to put it back, you know, it might be possible for us. That's why it's now the era of age reversal. Right. It might be able for us to be to be able to uh, pull back uh, the the cells to a younger age so that you never experience those chronic diseases. Now, all of this is based on on older work um, in older by I mean, older, like 2006. Um, and the Nobel was awarded like 2016, I think, um, to Dr. Yamanaka. These are the Yamanaka factors, right? When you give them to cells, they will naturally make them younger. So by all measures, make them younger. Yes, it's already here, right? So what is more crazy but uh, uh, unnerving to me is that there's also what's called the Grim Age Clock, G-R-I-M, like the Grim Reaper, right? Yeah. It, it, doesn't contrib- it doesn't measure your time from birth, but it contributes, it, it measures your time to death or your time to your first mortality, morbidity, like your first heart attack uh, and so on. They have not released the tests for this, 
But what they did was they um, superimposed the risk data of smokers to, uh, to uh, regular data. And they found out that you could actually extrapolate from there to the general public, you know, based on their the results of their epigenetic testing, the time that they would get a first heart attack, the time that they would, you know, get a, you know, um, uh, uh, first attack of forget severe forgetfulness and all that kind of stuff. Um, so the technologies are here, and that's why I started health optimization medicine and practice, because you know that when a drug is developed, it takes about 10 to 15 years because before it reaches us in the clinic. But you and I can do something about those now because the, uh, the balancing protocols do not use drugs. They use nutrition, they use exercise, right. they use supplements, right? They use a proper lifestyle modification, such as, you know, sleeping on time, having the right um, nanometer uh, wavelength of your bulbs, having air purifiers that actually work, you know, um, divorcing people who are not good to us, and, and uh, uh, you Very know, having, having, uh, <laughs> having company uh, that's actually uh, useful. Uh, for us, uh, uh, both, um, both not only socially, uh, but also uh, uh, spiritually, and having a, a common goal of uh, being uh, compassionate and helpful uh, to one another. I mean, we only have one, we only have one planet, spaceship, right? Yeah. And and, and you know, we cannot forever be reproducing and destroying this thing. Uh, you know, uh, for all that it's got, you know, we have to have some species-wide awareness of where we want to bring ourselves, you know, and part of that is making sure that we have a way of actually being healthy already changes your mind, changes mm -hmm. your outlook, right? Uh, changes the way you, 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 uh, you, for example, for my clients, you you make them healthy. I tell them my goal in in um, in this uh, uh, interaction with you is to get you addicted to the feeling of wellness. So, so you know that uh, when you're off kilter, you eat a piece of cake. Twenty four hours later, you know your testosterone drops and you couldn't get it up. So, uh, you, you know immediately, you know what's going on with you, or you know you you eat something that you're sensitive to in terms of food. Three days later, you're experiencing a migraine. You know, being able to communicate this and convey this to people that, you know, it's not an immediate cause and effect sometimes. It, you know, it's a, it's a result of all of this. And being sensitive to yourself um, in terms of these changes makes you also sensitive to how others are. Uh, in fact, uh, one of my uh, friends uh, cited me in one of his speeches. He said, one of the things that uh, I learned from a friend of mine is before I scream at the stock market every morning, you know, I have to ask myself, have I pooped? Am I hungry? <laughs> you know, in other, in other words, try to see whether or not there is something that's uh, bothering you first, right? Before blaming someone else or blaming a situation. And then it's you... Yeah, and then you become a better person, right? Um, when when um, CEOs of companies are healthy, they treat their they treat their uh, employees a lot better, yeah. right? And then um, uh, it trickles down. 
um, uh, that way. So, yeah, this that's, is this is <laughs> it, it, it's very fascinating, and I and I swear to you, like I I I will I know that we're gonna have to have you back on because we'll be able to talk about so many things. But I I, I want to go back to the the point of um, uh, of your seven pillars and and sort of uh, talk a little bit about that. But before going there. One thing I, I definitely want to mention, because I think people that are listening up to this point, they're probably like, wow. You know, so I know this guy mentioned that he, he's done this, he's done that. But like, you know, he's talking about other things. Like as I got onto the call with you, I noticed, you know, you've got your art crystal and uh, you also have a katsu system, which people have have heard about. And, you know, we're talking about a lot of the, the same things. And, you know, we have some friends in common now. Um we definitely will have to talk about transcriptions and, and blue canatine. We'll definitely talk about that. Um, but I found it to be interesting that you have seven pillars, right? And um, and I'm sure that there's so many pillars that could be made sub pillars, right? From from each of those. And I, for many years in my practice, if you will, um, I was operating under the the terms of or the idea of four pillars, four major pillars, right? And then um, you'll find this interesting because I've added a fifth pillar, which which automatically went to the top. And the way I have my pillars structured is based on a sort of a prioritization or a triage effect. And I, I used to say sleep and recovery is the number one thing to focus on with any of my clients. So in my experience, the people that I work with. Because, you know, I do a bit of uh, fitness and I do health coaching and I, and I try to do this lifestyle optimization piece. So I first started off with sleep and recovery. And I thought for a couple of years, like, I've got it. I've got it. I've figured things out. You know, most people are coming to me stressed and not sleeping well and things like that. So I felt like, yeah, this is great. I'm, I'm, I've got my number one pillar. So then <clears throat> second pillar um, was consumption. And consumption in the form of food, drinks, but also the energy we consume from the people that are around us, which I know you kind of touched on a little bit as well. And then uh, there was a lot within that that was also pretty pretty interesting. And then my third pillar from from back in the day was uh, movement, so quality movement. And I added this this um, identifier before all of my pillars. It was always quality, so quality sleep and recovery, quality consumption, quality. Um, movement and then the fourth and final piece that I used to to go by was quality exercise and I always found it to be interesting that my job and the reason why a lot of people seek me out is because I'm a fitness trainer but that's the the lowest on the totem pole for me right because I always used to consider if you can do all the other pillars properly then the exercise just becomes fun and becomes icing on the cake and you know we get that connectedness right but then a buddy of mine by the name of Salim Najjar, he's been on my show a few times, a uh, good friend of mine. We actually have come together recently to create a, um, our own little company called Foundamentals. So we're using this premise of fundamentals, but we call it Foundamentals. And uh, we'll talk more about that at some other point. But basically, he put me on to Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. And I started to really dive in because, you know, listen, I grew up in martial arts. And I've always understood the, the idea of meditation and chi energy and things like that. But I didn't really, really understand it until I started diving into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. And so then I was like, you know what? I feel like 
I need to add a pillar. So the pillar that I added was quality awareness. And that has become the number one. That's the number one thing, because I noticed amongst all the people that I work with, it's like, you know, we need to become aware of why we, we are sleeping poorly and we need to become aware of our need to recover. And you can add awareness to all of those. Right. So being so I bring this up because I know that you can also go very deep into the idea of meditation and the unified field and things like that. And I know you said your friends or you you know a lot about um, you respect Nassim's work. So let's let's talk about that. If you if you're willing to let's talk about the idea of meditation and awareness and and, you know, coherence, all of these things. Sure, sure. Um, let me just preface this, Josh, in, in terms of doing the seven pillars. If you take a look, there's a common thread among them. They're all cellular, right? Uh, in order in order to deal with health, right, you have to deal with the foundation of the body, which is made up of cells. And therefore, all the measurements that we do are pertaining to the health. Like, for example, um, you know, oncologists would deal with your cancer, right? But mm -hmm. who's taking care of your normal cells? No one is, right? And that's why someone has to take care of your normal cells. So because they underlie all the organs in the body, right? Your cardiologist will deal with your heart, you know, your neurologist will deal with your brain and, and so on. But fundamentally, all of them are made up of cells and all of them have nucleus, you know, cytoplasm, mitochondria, um, uh, and so on, and no one is actually taking care of them. So now that we can measure what they're doing, there ought to be some people who take care of those, right? And that's the basis for the seven pillars uh, that's there. Now, Love you that. touched on really something that's uh, very funny because when I was giving this lecture in uh, San Francisco one time, a psychiatrist, um, I won't mention his name because he's, he's known, uh, asked me, um, uh, said, so Ted, you know, so how do you include spirituality uh, into health optimization medicine and practice or home hope, right? And I said, oh my God, you know, you of all people, you've taken over a hundred ayahuasca journeys, right? So lack of spirituality is simply a DMT deficiency syndrome. I you know, give them, the, <laughs> give them DMT and bam, you know, make them experience what selflessness or egolessness is all about. Wow. Right? So, um, uh, and, 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 and I said, it's an imbalance. You, you lack dimethyltryptamine. Give. It's like, you know, it, because on, on a practical level, uh, seriously, and I, I'm going to start on a high level before uh, diving. Um, uh, it, it's because, you know, I'm after, the body knows how to balance itself naturally, right? And the tryptamines is one of them. Uh, we do, is, is one of the molecules we produce. Um, we don't know why they're there. And it's, you know, it's uh, been... Uh, dubbed as the spirit molecule, uh, the portal to the divine. It basically vibrates us to that portal. Uh, I don't know if uh, you know you or your listeners have uh, taken ayahuasca, um, but uh, it, it's one of those molecules uh, that will pull the rug out from under you that this is not the only reality that there is, right? It makes you accept 
that there are other realities. As a strict neuroscientist before, it was just like I basically fell off. You know, uh, it's like no, no. Uh, these are things that you could never make up yourself, right? Uh, however, uh, the thing that I'm getting known for, uh, I don't know if it's uh, infamy or notoriety. I have to choose. Is that I couldn't stand. I couldn't stand um, uh, ayahuasca because I kept on throwing up, right? Um, oh. and, and it turns out that I have a, a, a gene that actually uh, is very slow in detoxing um, uh, the tryptamine itself so that if you inhibit my, my uh, liver to prevent the, the, the uh, BMT molecule, from being degraded, it's basically a super inhibition. So I, I uh, essentially throw up. So because there are two components, right? Oh. The the MAO inhibitor and the uh, DMT, and it's in a brew. It's a native brew. So when I was in Europe and, and studying, and I swear sometimes I joke. I said I swear the only reason why why I went to Europe is to discover this uh, drug that actually serves as a reversible liver inhibitor, right? And so, in other words, um, you know, uh, it, if if um, if uh, uh, I reach my limit, the the inhibitor will unbind and uninhibit my, my liver, so I don't throw up. So I developed a technique. Uh, I said uh, one of the things, my characteristics is I don't want to suffer. My <laughs> my my uh, life. I've set my life's purpose to be. To decrease suffering myself, self, and to decrease suffering in others, knowing that there are no others. So, um, uh, deep, deep. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I, I developed a, a called Farmawaska, where I, I, on myself, um, in an island far, far away, I use DMT uh, uh, crystals and uh, this uh, uh, reversible living inhibitor to determine the doses that are actually safe for me, you know, and um, and then I determined how the protocols of, how, hey, I'm treating pharmacology, what do you think? So, so anyway. This is incredible. I'm like, <laughs> so, what? <laughs> well, only you could do this. So, and then uh, I, I took it, I took it uh, for uh, two years, um, you know, every two months I, I took it and then you know, you have all those revelations, uh, insights, uh, and so on. And but most of all, you know, um, it, it gives you uh, certain things that are uh, prized in you know all, all these self-realization movements, uh, even if temporary, because you have to. I call this a temporary path. You know, using psychedelics would be a temporary path to do this because you still have to have a meditation exercise and so on. So. Um, what it did, for example, this is uh, biggest gift to me is this uh, uh, this unfathomable sense of security that everything's all right every time. Right? It's this everything is all right. No matter what you do, everything is all right every time. And, and that thing has never left me. Right? That feeling has never left me. And of course, I have my um, daily meditation practice and so on. Um, you know, uh, uh, I've, uh, I'm currently uh, doing a project on develop enlightenment Turkey. Um, as you said, you know, uh, I I developed a, a product called uh, Blue Canatine, and uh, it has 
Yeah, it has uh, four ingredients. Um, uh, it has methylene blue, right, which is an electron donor and therefore could add uh, energy uh, to your uh, to your brain. And then there is uh, caf for uh, caffeine, you know, um, and it's uh, very good for your working memory, right? And then uh, uh, na is for cannabidiol. Uh, uh, and uh, it, it, it rounds out the caffeine and the nicotine, uh, which is also good for short-term memory, uh, uh, which is there. And and so um, uh, since I've shepherded a few companies through FDA, I actually followed as you know, it's a supplement, but I treat it as a drug, right? It's packaged in childproof, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I made it for myself because I was landing in places and I was totally jet lagged, you know, less than two weeks I've been in another time zone. So I needed something for myself uh, in order to, for my brain to function at a full focus, you know, and this gives you something like a wide focus, uh, meaning you could focus on your audience and how they're reacting to you and you could focus on what you're doing. Uh, at the same time, what the fuck am I saying, right? And you are able to shift what you're saying if the audience is not responding. So, uh, so, uh, and people liked it. Uh, and so I, you know, essentially became uh, the first product of my company. Uh, the brand is Descriptions. Uh, but the, 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 all of those, you know, have research behind them. As I said, I treat all of them, all of the ingredients as a precision dose, right? You're, you're not getting a food grade thing. You're actually getting uh, a precision dose uh, um, turkey. And what I, I suspect it does, and this is back to your question, is that in the brain, uh, there's a network uh, in this midline of the brain um, which is accidentally discovered in uh, 2002, and it's called the default mode network, right? It is postulated to be and uh, has shown to be uh, where the egoic self resides or mm. the self-referential system. So when you take any of these psychedelics, the effect is usually to dampen the uh, blood flow to the default mode network. If you are ruminating, right, and if you are thinking about yourself and how gorgeous and fucked up you are, um, it's it's um, actually there in the midline. Now it's it's it's, it's, it's contrast switch or counter switch with the task positive network, which is at the cortex at the lateral part of the brain, right? So when you are, for example, in a flow activity, you're exercising and you're focused, you're focused out, outwards, you're this um, uh, uh, system, the lateral, the, the task positive network is switched on and it switches off the default mode network. So you're not thinking about yourself. Unless you're self-conscious in the gym, mm -hmm. then that's what happens in a flow state, right? You're outwardly focused. There is no egoic self in there. You're just enjoying the process, right? So what I suspect Blue Candidate is doing um, is, uh, or the, the other product, which is just blue, which is just pure methylene blue to energize your brain, is uh, to switch on that uh, task positive network so you have uh, an external focus, right? Um, and, and uh, you know, the psychedelics will do the opposite. It will dampen, you know, the, the default mode network. Um, and of course, by dampening the uh, peripheral, the, the uh, fast positive network would turn on, right? That's why you get creative. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so for example, if you are, um, 
LSD microdoser, if you microdose uh, LSD, for example, that will um, uh, that will have some dampening effect on yourself. That's why you are feel a little bit more connected, right, when you're in uh, microdose uh, of LSD, and that's what's that's what's happening in the brain. In terms of um, uh, resonance, you're talking about you know the arc crystal, etc. Uh, what I I think these molecules are doing is that they are vibrating you to see, quote unquote, different realities at this particular level. So what does reality look like when you are on MDMA, for example? Uh, when you're on MDMA, the reality that you see is that is actually possible to love everyone and everything, right? right. Because uh, uh, that's the, uh, uh, they say it opens the heart chakra or the energy in the East Eastern energy systems, right? It opens the heart chakra. Or, uh, uh, and it makes you see that it's, in, in the medical context, it's being used for post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Where you separate the story from the emotional trauma. Uh, but in uh, regular context, in medical uh, context also, it's used in psychotherapy for difficult relationships, right? Uh, to, to work out things and even make decisions that at that point you need to divorce without all of the acrimonious emotions, right? right? Um, because you can, you can make it freely and openly at that time. But when you do it in a, in a, a nice social setting, not in a rave, um, <laughs> in, a, in a nice social setting with, uh, you know, uh, uh, is that you could, this is realization that at, at the root of everyone, you know, is this godlike being that's, that's like you, right. you know, uh, and that's full of love for you and love for everyone else. And not only that, for things, uh, you know, that surround you, like the earth itself, right? Um, and and uh, so you could see the various effects uh, of uh, of these molecules. Uh, you know, um, uh, for example, ketamine would do things differently. Uh, ketamine is more like a, a, a reset switch because a recent study shows that, for example, it will it will actually just totally when you're in a K hole. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a K-hole or not. I, I haven't. But, not, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that it shuts down uh, the the uh, chattering of the cortex entirely. So it becomes very, very quiet and also fucking pleasant. <laughs> There's no thoughts that are coming out. Right? Really? Uh, but as a physician, I do know that, um, for example, ketamine does not, uh, the, the reason why I'm comfortable with it is that um, it doesn't um, stop your respiratory system from going uh, like like uh, from like uh, other anesthetics that will stop your respiration right but this one that's why it's a good wartime anesthetic so that's an atypical psychedelic you know ketamine is an atypical psychedelic and so is MDMA right but the classic psychedelics like uh, psilocin uh, psilocybin from the mushrooms, you know, uh, LSD would affect what's called the 5-HT2A receptor in the brain. And, and usually what you would expect is an, some sort of an ego dissolution, right? And the ego is an illusion anyway, right? right. It's, it, it's it created by the brain. So, uh, uh, you know, you see, you see that the illusion is revealed to you. Then suddenly, you know, what is useful, uh, for, take in in this even on a just a uh, uh, superficial level is that since there's no one 
who owns the pain. For example, you're in pain, right? Uh, there's no one who owns the pain. Then you don't suffer. It's more like this, right? It's like, okay, you're having this fever, you know? Um, uh, you're having this fever from, say, infectious mononucleosis. So it's like you're in, you're in pain, right? And your story goes, what the fuck? Why did I kiss that blah, 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 now I'm infectious mono? That is the suffering, right? Because it's the ego that's owning the experience of why. But if it's not there, then there's just pain. And it's just signals in the brain that's protective towards you and warning you, hey, you know, there's something going on here that you should pay attention to. Whereas we would be focusing on the fucking story inside our heads, right? It's like, wow. And that's the suffering, right? Because it's, a suffer it's the ego that will cling or, or uh, that will be uh, clinging to or be averse to experience, right? It always has the story. Uh, but if you remove that clinging or aversion, then uh, suffering ceases. So now you, if, you, if you increase that in scale towards what you want to do, so if you see, rather than using child labor to gain more profits or, you know, um, uh, human trafficking, uh, polluting the waters and all of this stuff, all in the name of, of wanting, wanting and wanting more, if you just show people, you know, the uh, illusoriness of the self and, uh, and say, hey, it's, it's the thing that's making you suffer and wanting you more, more, more to the detriment of everything else, including your relationships with yourself, with 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 the uh, uh, environment, and uh, with people around you, you know, then you are basically uh, uh, enlightening, right? Uh, right? Other people and making this world a better place to live in. So Absolutely. you know, and, and that's why it's a different vibe, right? Uh, altogether, but you. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I love your approach to all of this, and it really makes sense. In fact. You, you you answered a lot of the the, the things I was going to talk about with transcriptions and and, um, and the blue canatine. I think for for anybody who um, has seen the photos that I've posted or videos I've posted with my blue tongue, that is the blue canatine that Dr. Ted is talking about. And um, and you know I've had so many people ask me, Josh, like, okay, so what is it? What should you feel? Blah blah blah. And I was like, I can't wait. I mean, I had Dr. Scott on here, Scott uh, Sure, I had him on the show and we did talk about it, but that was like right at the, I think the first time I had taken it or first couple of times I had taken it. But since then I was like, oh my goodness. Like I, I know what it does for me and I love it. Um, I, I do have a few questions though. So I have like a couple of people, like one of my celebrity clients actually um, took it and you know, the, the next day I saw her, she was just like, oh, my gosh, what was that stuff? I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's amazing. Right. She was like, yeah, it was great at first. And I, I was very focused. And and she was like, but then when it was time to go work out or do a version of a workout, um, she was like, it just it turned into like like uh, like she was her heart started racing or at least she thought her heart was racing. And it made me think of what you just said with the uh, the idea of the ego. That that's what made. I mean, in a way, it was almost like you answered the question without me uh, asking it. But maybe you could touch on that, just in case there's some people out there who are unsure, because I know that there's different different doses that a person could take on the trochees. Yeah. Uh, so maybe you can talk a little bit about experience. Sure. 
Uh, sure. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm being teased by my own uh, company mates here that I'm the lightweight, right? Um, that, that <laughs> in the full trochee, I really could only take one fourth. So you could div- it's scored to divide it four. If you're not sure of what you want to take, okay, then start with one fourth. If after about 20 to 30 minutes you don't feel an effect, put in another fourth. If you are coffee naive or you don't drink coffee, you might start with uh, one fourth and then one half. Other people stay at one half, right? Remember, this is not a sublingual turkey. It's a buckle turkey. It's between the uh, upper cheek and gum. Uh, and that's uh, so that it's closer to the blood supply of the brain, right? Um, of, of the brain. And, and so, yeah. So, and then if, if you know, after 20 or 30 minutes, you, you still, you, then you push it to three quarters, right? I know, a, you know, a lot of people who drink six cups of coffee a day, they could take the whole trochee and say, yeah, this is good. But if you are like me, a lightweight on it, I, I do only a quarter of a time and not to exceed four a day. Now, there is none in the, um, uh, the, it, the thing only has, um, 50 milligrams of caffeine. Your coffee is 200 milligrams of caffeine per cup. So there is nothing really there that would raise your heart rate. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing really there that would uh, raise your heart rate. Um, so, uh, but if you are sensitive that way, then I would suggest that you titrate it, the thermic titration. You, you do uh, a, a few doses at a time every 20 to 30 minutes to see what's your, what's your dose. And the effect is for three to four hours, right? And then you can redose at a time. And my suggestion is not to exceed for a day, but I know people who I don't know. Like, Dr. Ted, I take 10 cups of coffee a day. I said, okay, I'm, not, that's, a, that's a different you know, problem. And yeah, yeah. And, and they would chew nicotine gum that's four milligrams. You know, it's like, oh, my God, you know, I, I can't do that. I could only only do like a quarter of a two milligram gum. So all of those are, are uh, the nice thing about it is that it's precisely those. So you would know exactly how, you're, how much you're getting, so right. how much you're responding to it. Right. Yeah. But that has, see, blue canadine has a kick. Right. It's uh, what's called a sensorial cue. So as you're ramping up, you're going to feel brighter, etc., and you'll feel it. You'll actually feel the kick to it. And in formulating something like that, it's called sensorial cue. That's why drinks that don't need guarana have guarana in them, you know, to even if just pure vitamin B, because people are expecting the instant gratification, right? Yes. Uh, the other product, just blue, is just methylene blue and will not have that kick, right? It will just be a gradual brightening of the focus. They call it a bright focus. So there's more energy. Is right? it, is it a trochee? A trochee is it's well. also a trochee, trochee, right? It has uh, 60 milligrams of methylene blue. Okay. Right? So um, I chose that dose because I had to find a reference dose somewhere. And in the studies that they're doing, and I'm not saying that this is for Parkinson's disease because uh, that's a separate study altogether. Um, I was just looking at the studies there. They're using between 8 to 16 milligrams of uh, methylene blue uh, for uh, Parkinson's disease. So I said, maybe I'll use 16 because you could quarter and you could have four per per quarter. Right? Smart man. So, Smart man. Oh, yeah, of course. Because pe- some people, um, some people uh, don't like the nicotine or they don't like, you know, uh, the very low dose nicotine. They don't like the caffeine for some reason, or they just don't want to take CBD. So 
you know, um, this is this is very intriguing because I, I have a, a a Parkinson's client, and um, and I, I talked to him a little bit about about you know the blue canatine as it is now, mm-hmm. but I believe that Just Blue is available now, right? Uh, yes. At the time yes. that we're recording this, yes. so um, I want to uh, talk to him more about that. But I that, I find that to be very very fascinating, and uh, he's a guy that's pretty pretty into some of the wild things that I suggest, but I think this one will be a cool one. Um, and before we start to wrap up, um, can you explain a little bit why the, the blue dye um, so that people kind of understand? Because, you know, some people, obviously it's easy to understand what nicotine is. And then if you explain that it's not bad, it's only when you smoke it with the other byproducts and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then also it's such a small amount and then more and more people are becoming more familiar with CBD. So that's an easy one to talk through. Uh, caffeine is very easy to talk through, but the, the blue dye is what people are kind of like, what, how, why, when, and where, you know? <laughs> okay. Uh, methylene blue is actually, a, um, a drug that's used for methemoglobinemia, meaning when you have carbon monoxide poisoning, that's what they inject in you. So, um, it's um, uh, it's it's actually used for that particular purpose medically. Now, in 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 terms of a, as a food supplement or as a lozenge, there is history. For example, in France, um, a long while, a while back, where you know when you had sore throat uh, or you're beginning sore throat, etc., they would give you this lozenge that would turn your tongue blue and your pee blue. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, and 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 then you know uh, after a day or so your sore throat to go away. So it's been used as an anti-infective agent, and we know that uh, people have been trying to copy us. Please don't don't copy us with uh, the methylene blue that's used for your aquaria. Right. Your aquariums need um, uh, uh, they 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 um, uh, they have a. Uh, contaminants in them that you don't want. This is pharmaceutical grade, right? This isn't even just food grade. This is pharmaceutical grade um, uh, that we're using, right? Uh, the, um, the other thing that um, methylene blue dust um, inside the cell is that it donates, for example, in your, inside your mitochondria, there is what's called an electron transport chain, which is like your generator for your ATP, which is your energy currency. Mm-hmm. Right. Is this is the money that's used by your body, and and so in 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 doing that, you actually need uh, electrons to create a gradient, so that the 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 uh, uh, ATP synthase, the enzyme that actually twirls round and round, you know, to create the uh, ATP would actually uh, go. So to create that gradient, you need electrons, um, and and so. Methylene blue is actually an electron donor. It will donate electrons to two of those uh, 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 complexes, uh, complex one and complex three, right? Uh, and two of those complexes and actually make the, uh, uh, increase the number of ATP output. That's why you have more brain energy, okay? So, however, however, you know, the reason why the dose is so low uh, and so on is that you don't want to push that. Uh, uh, electron transport chain because if you have too much electrons, then you will have 
um, uh, free radical swarming or reactive oxygen species because there's no one to, like any factory, there will be trash, right? And the trash has to be hauled away. If there's too much trash to be hauled away, uh, the, the, uh, those uh, 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 elements that need to haul those trash away will be overwhelmed. And therefore, you're going to cause what's called antioxidant-induced stress. That's why, you know, antioxidants are good, you know, only at a certain level. That's right. right? So, uh, so, he, so there, there's, there's the, um, uh, the reason for uh, methylene blue itself, right? So we keep it at, at that level where it's donating electrons without actually overclocking the uh, giving of electrons so that it taxes your, taxes your brain. So um, because, see, see, and, and then you could figure things out from there. If you have enough energy, and you know this by principle, if you have enough, uh, enough energy in your brain, then you have a lot more energy to use for the various processes like focusing, yes. right? Uh, or um, it, people, uh, for example, have um, experience, uh, have heard about, about the term uh, uh, willpower depletion, right? Uh, because if you're trying to to not do something like eat a piece of cake, for example, right. it it yeah it requires willpower to do that, yep. and that depletes energy from you. So it, it would be nice, you know, to change the pathway um, because that's 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 a trigger behavior reward pathway, right? Exactly. We're usually trying to 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 we're usually trying to uh, change the behavior, but it's actually the reward that we should be changing. Um, however, for many of us, we insist on changing behavior, and therefore you you need more energy, right, to to keep the uh, willpower in there. So that's um, uh, for me the, the reason for methane blue to be there is just to give your batteries a lot more oomph mm. to be able to have energy for a prolonged period of time. I love it. So very well explained. Thank you for that. I think I, I now know like lots of people i can just send them this episode if you know hey if you want to know why my tongue's blue listen to this episode <laughs> um I, this is, this is i actually love your blue tongue when, when it's like <laughs> especially because like three of you it's yeah. like <laughs> yeah yeah it's fun i've been having a good time with it and i get a lot of questions along with my you know with my cgm and and my art crystal and my my barefoot shoes i'm all about it um so Listen, I, I, I swear to you, I could continue on and on and on and on and on. But let's let's save some more of these conversations for another time if we can get you on at some other point. Um, but when I have guests on the show, I always like to finish with a couple questions. And one of those questions is, um, what are your top two pet peeves? Something that gets under your skin. And that can be in any realm or, you know, any part of your life. And then I like to finish with gratitude because I believe it's so important and we should all be aware of it. So uh, something that you're grateful for is how we'll finish. And then not, and then we can obviously give every, everybody an opportunity to know where they can find out about you. Okay. Um, I just have really one pet peeve that I always rail about um, is that when fitness experts like you, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, prescribe, you know, when they write about, when, when, when fitness experts write about exercise in magazines and, uh, and so on, right? Um, it's a one-size-fits-all prescription, which I totally hate, right? I, I, look, I'm, I'm over 50. This is not the best uh, exercise for my abs, you know? 
you know, I'm, I'm over 50. This is not the best thing for me. It's like, okay, this is the best exercise for you at X, right? Perfect. Right? Yeah. And then the second peeve that I have is asking me whether or not this vitamin or that vitamin is good for you. Get them the fuck measured and take them if you need them, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> yes, that's definitely a pet peeve of yours. Yes, I love okay. it. Okay, so uh, so those are the two. And um, in the morning, actually, uh, I do a gratitude meditation, right? And I encourage people to do so. Um, uh, in the morning, when I wake up, uh, what's the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? What is the first thing I do? Yeah. Um, I stretch my body in my bed. I, I try to get my, my joints moving. I mean, I guess I open my eyes. I, First thing I do is open my eyes. <laughs> I, you know, um, uh, I do something simpler than that. Even before I open my eyes, is you know, when I wake up, is I smile in gratitude for another day of being alive. And because you have another day of being alive, you have another day of fun and learning. Right. And being good to yourself, good to people around you, being good to your environment and uh, to the rest of the world and the universe. So that's, that's uh, uh, and, and I would encourage you uh, uh, for, and other practitioners out there, you know, I know you all have clients and patients. So the next thing that happens is what's called the gratitude meditation. I flash their image before my eyes and I'm grateful for them, even if I absolutely hate them and their attitude, right? It's like you, you, you express gratitude for your health, right? And you move on to the next image and the next and the next and the next, right? And, um, uh, and uh, that's, you know, uh, uh, gratitude. And if, whether or not they know it, right? Whether or not they know it, uh, there is some effect on them, right? That's uh, powerful. Much, much like the, uh, it's very much like the Ho'oponopono um, uh, practice, right? The Hawaiian practice. Of um, uh, that psychiatrist to actually just look at the pictures and and uh, you know expressing gratitude and love for them uh, affected the behavior of their person. We don't know how it works and why it works, but it does. So um, even remember, I said even for those that you don't like. <laughs> you know? yeah, for sure, for sure, and especially I, for those you don't like. <laughs> I, look, I, I, this will be a perfect segue to end it, but I think uh, if everyone started doing that this world would be a much much better place so yeah <laughs> wow um okay before we sign off sign off uh how can people find out more about you and and your companies and and the endeavors you have in the on the horizon yes um um i try to personally i try to minimize my own presence uh in social media uh so our um uh, Instagram, uh, the brand is Transcriptions, so it's at Transcriptions. It's like Prescriptions, but it's T-R-O, uh, at Transcriptions. Uh, and then uh, the website is Transcriptions.com. Um, and then um, the organization, the nonprofit organization, if you'd like to learn how to become a health optimization medicine uh, or health optimization practice practitioner, is homehope.org. That's homehope.org. Um, and uh, and you could see uh, there's a free um, a lecture there uh, that I gave uh, in San Francisco. Uh, it was two thousand dollars a seat when it was out, so now it's free. Uh, it's over there. Um, 
uh, just for you to get a feel of what we do in health optimization medicine. Mm -hmm. um, especially if you need a biohacker and you're in a need of a of a framework by which to help your clients, right? Perfect. Um, Perfect. And then, um, uh, and, and then, uh, uh, and then, of course. Uh, in Manila, I have uh, biobalanceinstitute.com, and and that's for um, just the Philippines. Um, in Facebook, we you can see you can find uh, prescriptions over there. You could also find health optimization medicine over there. That's us. Um, so yes, uh, I I define myself by the things that I do, which is wrong. But you know, f for social media purposes, I think it's all right. No, I think it's I think it's perfect, and you you are just beaming with so much positive energy. I love it. Um, I'm hoping to to meet up with you soon, and who knows, I might make my way over. Uh, well, for the party we talked about, because yeah, <laughs> that might be fun. Okay, well, until next time, thank you for your time, Dr. Ted. I always appreciate people's time, and I definitely appreciate yours. And uh, hopefully, we can get you back on at some point in the near future. Pleasure, Joshua. All right.